Everyone's really excited to jump on here and tell you about a place you need to be come February. I will be at the 10-year anniversary celebration of IF Gathering in Fort Worth, Texas, and I want you to join me and many amazing speakers there. I will be sharing, as well, the remarkable Dr. Kurt Thompson, as well as some of my favorite other voices out there, including Annie Downs, who's hilarious and fabulous, um, Hosanna Wong, Jamie Ivey, Tony Collier, and the amazing founder of this entire thing, Jenny Allen. So you guys got to join this. Come to Fort Worth, Texas. It will be in Dickey's Arena. Really special year. Go to if2024.com backslash tickets to secure your spot. I would love to see you there. Welcome to the Good Hard Story Podcast, where we believe that the good story and the hard story can be the exact same story. I'm Catherine Wolf, and I'm a stroke survivor, a speaker, an author, and co-founder of Hope Heals. Tune in here every week for conversations about wholeheartedly living in a good hard story. Join me in this joyful rebellion to the darkness where we discover the treasures hidden in our hurting. Welcome to the Good Heart Story podcast today. I wanted to just share a moment of something that's been on my heart in recent months, and I hope it will bless you today. Um, as you may know, I kind of um, have become the hope girl. <laughs> it's really sweet. If somebody sees me in an airport sometimes and recognizes me, they'll yell out, hope, hope, hope. And I'm like, yes, even though my name is Catherine and I may or may not tell them that. But plenty of times um, I don't. I just let them meet hope and um that's all that needs to be said because I love that name and I love that thought and I love I love everything about hope. I recently actually was in Florida and uh, this lady ran up to me and started sobbing and just says, Hope Heals, Hope Heals. I don't know your name, but honestly, I don't need to know your name. Hope Heals has ministered to me when I lost a child just sobbing and sobbing. And so, of course, you know, I'm sobbing. <laughs> and um, yeah, I don't need to tell my name. Hobiel's is, is a great name. And if that ministered to her, I ministered to anybody. That that ministers to me deeply, um, which is actually a little bit of what we're talking about today. How do we minister to our hearts? How do we preach to our own hearts? And um, I've gotten kind of obsessed with this notion that hope can become habitual, that real, true hope, hope in Jesus, is not um, something that just happens. You don't just have hope. You don't just get this infusion of hope many, many times based on the circumstances of life. On the opposite is probably true. You can very nearly despair and not feel hope. And um, I just love 
that we can talk to ourselves and take the narrative back in our own heads and hearts. And for me, if you do not know my story and someone sent you this podcast and you're like, who is this person? Um, I very nearly died of a terrible, what's called AVM, which is arterial venous malformation. It's a caused a really horrific stroke. And I very nearly died and spent almost two years recovering basic functions. Um, And to this day, 15 years later, I'm still extremely impaired, very, very uh, much a person living with profound disabilities, including I don't walk unassisted, I can't drive a car, I have one hand that is mostly non-functional, and yeah, just a number of very, very significant issues. And all of this happened like in an instant and my life was completely typical before. The first 26 years of my life, I had zero medical history, family history, nothing, no health problems, no warning, no symptoms. Um, So as you can imagine, I would need significant hope um, to live a different life, literally a life turned upside down. And I would need very clear reasons to get out of bed um, in the morning to a whole new life. And the very darkest, hardest time in my life, for sure, but throughout my ordeal, was when I was transferred to the brain rehab facility, which so I survived um, the initial... 40 days in ICU, then spent two and a half months in acute rehab, and then was moved to a brain rehab facility where I would spend almost a year and a half. And it was an extremely dark time for me. Um, It was just, you know, uh, uh, the level of deep indignity um, is very real and very just shame-inducing and terrible. I mean, having to be um, stripped nude, taken in a wheelchair to this shower, oh, just, and, you know, nurses, sometimes male nurses are the ones bathing you. I mean, just stuff that when you are already so, uh, I don't really have words, deeply probably depressed um, when you can't eat food and you can't walk on your own, have to be taken care of, and you are dealing with many people who are at a group rehab facility who have lost their cognitive ability, so they are confused or angry and just very, very dark, very, very dark um, on every level. And um, it... It did something very deep and hard to me, those many months of not eating food, not having my body work when you when you think in your head it's gonna work. Like you're you tell yourself to take a step forward. And I mean, no one even thinks you just walk forward a step. And when you're you tell your brain to walk a step and you can't take a step, I, I think it really does something to your soul that somehow when your body doesn't connect anymore to work, it it makes you feel not human. 
Um, and it's deeply, deeply isolating. And all of, all of those just very horrible feelings came to head in the fall of 2008. It had been about six months. And I really was a little bit having a crisis of if I was supposed to be here, should I have lived? And um, did God make a mistake? And thankfully, in my darkest moments, I was filled with a real hope that God doesn't make mistakes, that somehow Ephesians 4.1 is true, that I could live this life. And this was a calling. Um, besides that moment, because that was a moment that filled me with deep hope, I made hope a habit. And I think that is one of the reasons that I have recovered. Not, I don't mean physically recovered. I mean, I have tremendously physically recovered. But if you were to see me in the grocery store, you might not agree. But I have. And um, so much of that has been recovery of the heart, the soul. My sister-in-law, Alex Wolf, and I have a book coming out um, next spring called Treasures in the Dark, based on that beautiful passage of Isaiah 45 that says, I will give you hidden treasure in the darkness, um, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am God, the God of Israel, the God who summons you by name. And I, um, I'm, I'm not going to say too much about the book right now, except I just want to read this one part of the book to you um, that you won't be able to get till next April, but I'm giving you a little preview um, because it is precisely what I'm talking about today, even just a few details from Nara Rehab. So without further ado, I once lived as if hope was a belief, an abstraction, something that would happen to me if I waited patiently enough. But then I survived a stroke that stranded me in the wilderness of an intensive care unit and neuro rehab facility for years. Few places on earth could inspire less optimism much less a steady, sustaining hope. I waited to feel an infusion of hope through the monotonous months of failed swallowing tests. Saying goodbye to my family each night when visiting hours ended. Being herded into communal showers and bathed by paid strangers. But the hope never materialized. The habits required by recovery became my full-time job. Not once did I feel inspired to move marbles one by one with my stroke-affected hand in occupational therapy. A supernatural force never motivated me to make my thousandth vain attempt to choke down a teaspoon of applesauce in swallow therapy. But every day... I showed up and kept practicing that which had been promised to heal me. Hope, I eventually learned, is an action. It must become a habit to be of much use. 
So I began practicing hope like I practiced writing or walking. I named the God I knew, the God of purpose and second chances, so I could remember what to expect from him. Like a liturgy, I recalled his faithfulness to me in the past so I could anticipate his future provision. Again and again, I affirmed that what I knew to be true, even when I didn't feel it to be true, that he brings beauty from ashes and turns mourning to dancing, Isaiah 61.3. I didn't know when resurrection would finally happen, but I hoped and I hoped and I hoped. So, friend, no matter how uninspiring your circumstances may feel, I believe you can practice stubborn hope today. You are capable of proactively recognizing and redefining what good is in your life right here, right now. You can recall and repeat God's faithfulness in your life until the muscle memory of hope becomes a reflex. Here's the most important line. Memorize this, everybody. The habit of hope carried me when the feeling of hope failed me. I'll say it again. The habit of hope carried me when the feeling of hope failed me. When I couldn't believe, I practiced instead. Now, with years and years of imperfect effort, a belief in hope has become a practiced hope that carries me through both the good and the hard. So, I hope that ministers to you. I hope the thought that we can practice, that we can make it a habit, and that will carry us when the feelings fail. I hope that deeply impacts you. You know, in that same season of brain rehab, um, for some reason that we don't understand, I mean, I think maybe I do understand um, now, but it's weird. In May of 2009, which... That was a rough time. I had just been approved to start eating again, but I could still only eat thickened liquids. It was terrible. Um, my, I won't even go into all the details, but it was just a really bad time. I still couldn't walk yet, and it was just really, really sad. Um, but for some reason, I took Habakkuk 3, 17 and 18, and... Um, in case you don't know those words, they say, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vine, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. So I took that passage and I rewrote it to my current situation, which I would highly encourage anyone listening to this podcast to do the same for whatever areas of their life they need to rejoice in the Lord despite what's going on in their world. So I wrote, and this is May 2009, though I cannot walk, 
and I am confined to a wheelchair. Though my face is paralyzed and I cannot smile. Though I am extremely impaired and cannot take care of my own baby boy. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. And something about writing that out and then putting it onto, I had this website that people set up for me like a caring bridge, but Catherine Wolf.info at the time. And I hit publish and let the whole world see um, that even though, even though, even though I was going to rejoice in the Lord, which was this powerful declaration in a lot of ways that I don't really fully understand this, but I'm going to, yeah, very publicly continue this habit of hope, honestly. And um, yeah, I just, I definitely did plenty wrong throughout this whole ordeal. But that is one thing from, from almost the beginning that I've really done right is just hope, hope and hope and hope. And um, yeah, it's, it's been a game changer. I definitely um, know that that is not the natural bend for most people when they're suffering is to, oh, just make hope a habit. That's so easy to do. Yeah, right. It's so hard to do. But eventually, when you practice it, the muscle memory of hope will become a reflex. That's how it works. Um, you, If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you may remember last season in the Redefining Good episode, I talked about the powerful truth of Psalm 42.5. That's impacted me so deeply. Um, Psalm 42.5 says, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I will again praise Him, my rock and my salvation. And I love that verse so much because what we see the psalmist do is to get bossy with his own soul and say, soul, this is what we're doing. Like, I know you don't feel it right now, but we're going. And I'm so sorry. Get over the pity party you're having and hope in God. And um, if if you were a group at a certain um, ladies' conference, I might say it's time to get sassy with your soul, but I'll spare you that. I'll use bossy because I know there's maybe a male listener or two. <laughs> um, but that's the truth. Sometimes we got to fake it till we make it, people. And that's not being inauthentic at all. I actually think it's being truly authentic. If this is what we believe, then let's act like it, even if we don't feel it. Isn't that the definition of authenticity? Like, let's be who we really are longing to become, even if we don't feel like it in the moment. I think that's... um just a beautiful, powerful truth. So just to put a few quick handles on just getting to the point where you can start your habit of hope, because um, maybe your circumstances are truly uninspiring, and how can one hope? I think one of the keys for us all to hoping at all is remembering the past. So much of how God has 
carries you through, how you are here, how you have got where you are, if you take a few minutes and simply look back, it is undeniable that God has been there all along for you to be walking this earth today, honestly, is a miracle. We are all miracles if we have eyes to see it that way. And what we can do is trace, trace the lines and say, well, this is, this is good that I'm here. And I can hope that God's going to do it again. And my husband, Jay, wrote in our first book, Hope Heals, that one day, one day we will trace the boundary lines of our scars. No, sorry, he didn't say boundary lines. One day we will trace the lines of our scars and find them to have fallen in the most pleasant of places. And the reason I say boundary lines in there is because that is based on the beautiful concept of Psalm 16:6. The boundary lines have fallen in the most pleasant of places. And I um I love this idea that the scars are a part of that, that the lines of our scars, if you could see me right now, you would see I got a lot of scars. I have scars here from the radical face surgery and scars from major surgeries other places. I broke my leg, I had surgery, and I've got some scars. But scars are the proof that I'm here and in the story, they're the proof that I lived. And um, they're my I don't know, badges of honor in our stories. And I think remembering is so key, seeing and remembering um, how God's come through for us every single time. I think practicing gratitude has been so huge for me in my life and my story is, yes, there are very hard things. Yes, yes, yes. But they're great things. And I'm going to focus on the great things. I'm going to marinate on them. I make um, our children on the way to school every single day um, share a point of gratitude in their lives, something they're grateful for, something they can thank God for every day. Um, we've done this for years. And way back, remember that that website I referenced, KatherineWolf.info? Way back when I started writing on that website um, that someone had created to pray for me, um, I started at the end of like updates about prayer for me, writing a point of gratitude. So I would write, I mean, in the beginning, it was just so sad, you know, point of gratitude. Today, I could hold my head up. My neck strength is returning, and I could hold my head up for two minutes. I mean, it was like, you know, months later, it was, today they let me taste an ice chip, and I hadn't had an ice chip in eight months. Or, you know, it was very sad, but so poignant to see, like, tracking these points of gratitude that were very small, and now are very massive. I could eat I might, I might not be able to do it, but I could eat a whole cake, maybe. <laughs> and things got have gotten bigger and better. But the gratitude has remained. And gratitude changes how you feel 100% of the time. Um, lastly, and this is part of both of these others too, remembering and gratitude, is look around. I think sometimes we focus so much on ourselves 
our story, our lives, that we are missing the miracles all around us in the lives of the people around us, in the beautiful nature the Lord has given us, in like specific stories, places we go, people we meet. Like we forget to look outside of us. We go inward, you know. I, um, I've talked many times that we, it starts from a good place, I think. We want to protect ourselves and protect our family. We want to go inward because we've been hurt by the world and we're just being the good soldier and putting one foot in front of the other. And we are going down and inward and looking at the way we're going. And then suddenly we end up just staring at our navel. We end up navel gazing and we are obsessed with us and me time and me and how I feel in this moment. And we've kind of lost sight of the ability to look up, to look around, to look up, to really see the world. I feel certain I've talked on this podcast before about how we are just missing it. We are missing the beautiful lives God has given us because we're wanting somebody else's life. And what a waste. Like, look around not to compare, oh my goodness, but to really see the beauty of what God is doing in the land of the living, the goodness he has put into your story in the land of the living. I would love to pray for you, friend, as I close this little mini podcast to hopefully infuse your life with some hope. I want to tell you that I do not know what you are walking through, your specifics, the hard parts of your life right now. No doubt there are some, Um, but let's go to the Lord together. Dear Father, I want to pray for anyone hearing my voice right now and whatever they are going through, Lord, big or small, there are so many different types of suffering whether physical, relational, financial, emotional, we, we know the gamut of suffering has hit every life on earth, or will hit every life. And I pray for a flood in this moment, wherever they're listening to the sound of my voice, of hope, Lord, that they begin to make hope a habit, even here, even now, Lord. May Every listener believes so deeply that you are somehow writing a good story in their lives. May they believe so deeply, Lord, that you have made them for hard things and that they are absolutely up for it, Lord, that you have given everything that we need for what is required. You have delivered Every time you are with us, you are for us in everything we are going through, Jesus. Give give each listener a sense that they are not alone, that you are with them, and that you are on the move for their benefit, Jesus. We know that you have given every one of us who walk with you everything. Everything has been given. So we can do our lives as hard as they are, Lord. We praise you. I ask for you to grant courage 
to anyone hearing my voice right now that you would instill a sense that God is with her or him and we will not fail. We're together in this. Lord, comfort and sustain and strengthen each one of us in our stories. Let us live well. Let us recognize that the boundary lines have in fact fallen in the most pleasant of places. And we can rejoice. We can look up and look out, Father. We praise you for everything you are doing in our story. And we know that one day we will see you face to face, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Friend, I pray that you will make hope a habit so deeply in your soul that you're not thinking about it anymore. You're just doing it. You're just going. You're living it. And that you can find deep joy in that. That when you are habitually hoping, there's a joy splash that comes into your story that um, I pray you have. Life is not easy for any of us, no matter the specifics. And yet, we can, in fact, look up and live well right where we are, whatever the story looks like. So I'm going to keep praying for you. And I hope these words have been a blessing. I'm sure we will link in show notes to the scripture references. And God bless you guys. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. Thank you for joining us on the Good Heart Story Podcast. To learn more about what we are doing, follow us on Instagram at Hope Heals. Check out all things Hope Heals at HopeHeals.com. Don't forget to subscribe to this wherever you get podcasts. And please feel free to share this episode with somebody who needs to hear it. Good Heart Story Podcast is a production of Good Heart Story, LLC. It is produced by Leah Case and Mary Austin Hall. And I am your fearless and fabulous host, Catherine Wolf. Come back and join us every week where we believe that the good story and the hard story can be the very same story. We are with you and for you, friends.